Welcome to Insights on Responsible Business, a new podcast about business within a broader landscape than selling products and services to the market. As the impact of the current coronavirus crisis reveals, we're all vulnerable to complex global risks, climate change, rampant cyber attacks, and now pandemics, to name a few. Challenges that make us think about the way we did business yesterday and transform the way we do business tomorrow. It's no longer just about commercial gains. It's about making an impact that matters to society, to the environment, to you. Because business isn't possible without people and trust. Now, more than ever, it's the right time for responsible business. I'm Rodney Mungu, management consultant at Deloitte by day, an interested and concerned citizen of the world by spirit. Join me in conversation with leaders and experts from various industries. We're here to talk about the journey towards responsible business. In this episode, we'll explore how best to prepare for a crisis, how to manage its effects and impact when it happens, and the impact that actions taken have on the long-term reputation for companies as a responsible business. And I'm proud to announce our host, Sir Rob Wainwright, formerly the head of Europol, the EU's law enforcement agency, and now a senior partner at Deloitte. And our guest today is Frederic Dainamint, leading our resilience, crisis, and reputation practice within Deloitte. She brings to the table over 20 years of experience in crisis management. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Over to you. Well, thank you, Rodney, and it's a warm welcome uh, to the listeners from me and Frederic. So as you hear, the focus of today's podcast are the challenges faced by companies and government administrations everywhere right now in managing the impact of crises such as this one, Corona. What's the real measure of success? So we'll be exploring, diving into what makes a company well prepared to face a crisis and indeed how the best ones navigate through that and emerge in a stronger state down the line. Great guest today in Frederick. She's got bags of experience in this space. Frederick, welcome to our virtual podcast. Now, I hope you've got your kids doing their homework <laughs> and you're all set to go in these, in these unusual times. Well, let's start then with this concept of resilience and indeed asking if companies themselves are now affected by this crisis have done their own homework in preparing for what now seems like, I don't know, a big exam day of its own. So let me ask you, Frederick, in preparing for that big day, what are the critical things that the best companies will have done um, in terms of getting their resilience in the best shape? Thank you, Rob, um, and happy to be here with you in these strange times, um, because today's uh, situation really is a test of character and a test of resilience for companies and their leaderships. So to answer your question, let me first um, share with you what we define as resilience. So resilience is an organization's integrated capability to absorb and adapt in a rapidly changing environment. And when you deconstruct that, you will see companies who are resilient have prepared on three specific levels. The first is that they are very much aware that they operate in an environment that is filled with risk and surprise. 
you can see risk on two levels. The first one is, let's say, your internal vulnerability. So let's say the vulnerabilities within your organizational structure, your primary processes, your supply chain, those kinds of elements. And most companies have a quite mature level of what those risks are. Um, but the second level of risk, obviously, is when it comes to, let's say, external threats. And that is very much about understanding the unknown and thinking the unthinkable. And you see resilient companies that have a very strong situational awareness are very much focused on um, thinking about and preparing for what would happen um, in case something unexpected would come their way. So they're very risk aware. That's the first element. The second element is in order to be able to act on those risks, they have implemented strong, solid organizational structures, procedures, and teams that know what their responsibilities are when they're confronted by unexpected events. So they're quick to organize, quick to understand what actions they have to undertake in order to, for example, um, take necessary actions and allow for productive information exchange. Um, and they know how to um, collaborate within that new command structure, so you will, in order for them to get control quickly, um, keep up speed and make an impact in a, in a new situation, in a new sort of reality, so you will. And the third one is that the resilient companies and their leaderships, they have a focus on developing let's say, an unexpected events muscle, a risk muscle. And the way they achieve that is by training periodically and structurally in that setup where that you have that specific response command structure um, and know how they need to fill in those new responsibilities, uh, how to collaborate effectively and also understand where the mandates are. Oh, it's because very important that you know in that uncertain sort of new reality that you know who makes the decisions and that there's no questions asked on that. Um, so you see on those three levels, situational awareness, um, organizational structure procedures, and then let's say the, the importance of training, uh, those three aspects make a resilient company. Um, if you, and I think that is what we're going to see now, we're already seeing, if you have prepared all those three levels, chances are you might come out quite strong. Um, and if you have not prepared for that, you are slow to come to the game and that can actually cost you dearly. So um, resilience is, is vital also for long-term value of a company. Tell me, I mean, you can see it. I mean, it sounds like quite a tall order when you talk about having this great sense of awareness of the world around them and being well-organized, having muscle memory. I mean, I think it is, in my experience, it does take all of that and more to be a successful company, a successful government department these days. Um, that's the theory, of course. When it's put into practice, have you got any, any examples from the real world of you know, where, where, it's, where it's gone well or those parts of, of, of industries that are particularly well-attuned to these sort of criteria? Yeah, sure. So I think what is really interesting, and, and I've had the privilege of servicing clients in those industries uh, in the past, is when you see um, industries that have uh, in their core uh, assets and operations that have very, let's say, extensive health, safety and environmental threats, 
because of the, let's say, the core of their business and their operations. These kinds of, I think, companies you see very well prepared. They are quite advanced where it comes to safety-based behavior. So there is this very strong, let's say, inherent sense that safety comes first. So they're very much aware of how to work together as a team, how to communicate on certain risks and how to act upon them in order to mitigate those impacts. And I think one of the good things that we have seen over the past years is it's not only sort of covering their own operations but you increasingly also see an awareness that and that's that's quite new for in particular business to business companies that they have a role to play in broader society so there's also an awareness that you know you have that responsibility your health and safety and environmental sort of responsibilities are not only to, to sort of protect your own assets and your own people, but you have a much larger role to play. So I think we've seen some good examples there, Rob. Yeah, yeah I think I just want to challenge you a little bit because it seems to me that, you know, when you're talking about pharmaceutical companies, for example, producing, you know, products that are, that are you know, um, very important to the health and safety of people, it sounds to me like, they have to do that. I mean, that's their business. Otherwise, they'll go out of business. And indeed, they're probably forced by regulation to do that. So I just, you know, I wonder to a certain extent how why companies um, are very well attuned to this and put safety first. Are they putting safety first because, frankly, they've been told to do so? Um, their job's on the line. Is hanging on that? Or is, or is it, I mean, you seem to suggest at the end there, Frederick, there might be something more than that, just also some almost some, some sort of sense of culture that's different, do you think? I I agree. I agree. I think you I think there's um, and that's I find that really sort of fascinating to see that the people are really very deep into the operations who know how to manage the assets and the and the infrastructure. They have, um, I think, um, they're much closer to the risks, the actual risks. And I think you're absolutely right, Rob, when we see certain industries where a lot of the decisions that are being made are much farther away from the actual processes um, and from the core. So there's, I think you see a, a bit of a slower response. We have seen a slower response in the past of, of those types of companies and industries moving towards that broader sense of responsibility. Um, and I think there's a lot to learn from from companies that are actually very, let's say, close to the process where, where actually the threats can be really real once something goes wrong. Um, and I think we've made some good steps forward, uh, but I'm hoping that maybe this development where we are in now uh, can drive that even harder because it's all about, you know, what kind of role you want to play within, within the broader community as well. Yeah, I think that's quite, you know, quite, sounds quite optimistic. I think as Rodney said in his opening, you know, we are moving into maybe a business world that has uh, high levels of responsibility around it. I see that emerging of that Davos this year, for example, and after Greta and Donald Trump had stolen most of the show, um, the rest of the discussion seemed amongst, you know, very, very powerful business leaders and government ministers seem to be around this whole agenda of what is responsible business. And I found it encouraging, and it's the first time I'd seen that kind of grip a high-level business environment um, for 
for some time. Well, let's move on um, because that's a really interesting issue about accountability, whether or not, you know, resilience is also testing how accountable companies are. And you seem to suggest the best ones are those that show that deep to their core. But whether or not companies are, are ready, indeed, major crises in the end, like Corona, of course, will f- we'll find them out in terms of how good their preparation has actually been. You know, I, when I think of that, I think of Mike Tyson, you know, admittedly not one of the world's greatest thinkers. But to be fair to him, he made a great line about this, make a great point. He said that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And his point was that, <laughs> yeah. you know, when, when you're on the... Yeah, when you're on the canvas, you know, and you've got a count of 10 to get back up again and to stay in the game, frankly, otherwise you're out. When you're at that moment, a plan means nothing unless you act on it, of course. You just take decisive steps to turn a plan into action. And so in the, in the business of crisis management, where many companies find themselves right now, right this day, there's fast-moving events around us. What are those decisive actions you think that will make the critical difference? Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And and, and uh, we will all agree that we are now in completely sort of uncharted territories. And it's, I mean, uh, you, of course, we always say, well, you talk to talk, then you also have to walk to walk. But I think it would be fair to say that there's many, many um, professionals in leadership positions now in this corona uh, reality that have never experienced anything like it. I think maybe the, the one thing that maybe comes close could be some of the companies that were hit so hard after the 9-11 uh, attacks where business basically came to a full standstill and international travel was completely halted. Uh, it, you know, you can imagine that, that in, in some areas, the, the companies were faced with the same sort of reality as, as we are all now. But this is this is really like a different dimension. Um, so, yeah, how to do crisis management? Well, eh? that's basically your question in, in this uh, in this context. I think, obviously, um, it all has to do with preparation. And if you haven't prepared yourself, then, well, you better get on it right now because you're way behind on your, let's say, uh, ability to lead uh, in action. Um, because obviously uh, a good structured, let's say, command team, a respond team will allow you to regain control, uh, get some speed and, and make decisions with impact. Um, but there's a few, I think, aspects that are also interesting to touch upon in this context. Um, there, there is obviously a little bit of a paradox in the leadership experience uh, dimension. So what I mean by that is, you know, in high pressure situations, um, you you tend to sort of fall back on what you know. Uh, the teams, uh, and including if they're trained, they're trained to know how to take action. But I think the interesting challenge here is that you have to balance the tried and tested aspect with uh, the ability to bring in new perspectives as well and to work onto new solutions. Because I think we all um, sense that um, many, many companies are at this moment reinventing themselves, reinventing their, let's say, uh, ways of operation, but but even maybe licensed to operate and, and bringing only the solutions that you know and that you've used in the past that will not help you sort of get uh, better outcomes. So it really requires uh, also a, a, a fresh perspective and it can be, it can be quite challenging to, to do that. But you know, the leadership obviously uh, 
has the responsibility to sort of envision a future state. I think those are I think those are great points. I think you know the ability to adapt to to display agile, not dogmatic thinking. The you know leaders you can't put a, a value on on effective leadership at times like this. I think it's a great point. I've got my own you know personal. You mentioned nine eleven. I've got a similar one. You know, when I worked at Europol, you know, the biggest challenge that we faced across Europe in my time in the European law enforcement was this wave of terrorist attacks that everyone will remember. I remember the night of thirteenth of November, twenty fifteen, Paris, the Bataclan, other venues. You know, just unthinkable to all of us that were in the leadership of the police and counter terrorist community across Europe at the time. Unthinkable that we would see see on on the streets of a major european capital on a friday evening terrorists on the rampage indiscriminately slaughtering 130 people i mean it's just not even a scenario that we'd thought about and you know at that time you know i saw what a test of leadership it was for so many you know police commanders exactly your point frederick and at that time also you know we were having to completely rewrite the rules decades-long rule book of how to deal with a terrorist incident. People were, were being killed at, at, a, at an extraordinary rate. And I think it's a, it's a great point that you make, this idea of strong but agile leadership um, that, that can help us to go through this. And I'm sure that's, that's you know, one of the most important things that, that, that we're seeing today. Let's, let's move on to, I think we also want to talk about reputation because what does all this mean, you know, for the, for the long term reputation of business we've talked about you know how well have you been prepared and then you know you get into the ring with mike tyson or the equivalent and you know how you perform on the night as it were um i guess companies in the end are judged on what they actually did during those moments that matter was is that a fair thing to say yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned so the comparison that you made with, uh, with the Paris situation. I think one interesting parallel on that is, is the speed with which developments occur. So I think we all experience now that, you know, the reality of, of today might not be the reality of tomorrow. So that, that speed of, of, of developments really ha forces you to, to, to come into, let's say, a very effective decision-making mode. And and that also ties into your reputation um, question because, uh, you know, it, it, it basically, you can have a lot of discussions. I could talk for a week about reputations, but I think it all boils down um, to, to very, let's say, two core elements. And reputation is based on you know, your ability to, to deliver on your strategic promises as a company. So that's your competence. And then the other aspect, which has become increasingly important, and I think in this particular day and age um, going to be decisive, is your, is your behavior. Um, so, yes, you're absolutely right that leadership and companies will be remembered for what they did, not just for their own operations, but how they perceived them in the broader context of society. Um, so in, in any crisis situation, basically, people would like an answer on two questions. And, and the one is, what did you do to prevent um, uh, the, the, let's say the event from happening. Well, in this particular case, we cannot necessarily say that we're all responsible for Corona, but you know, you you can, ha you should have an answer on how you made yourself sort of 
um, uh, protected to uh, unexpected events. And the other question, obviously, is uh, what did you do? What was your contribution to solve it? And that is going to be, I think, one of the core aspects that people will be looking to in particular for um, for leadership. And I think you see... Um, some very interesting examples already in the past few weeks coming up from how people want to take on that responsibility, that broader responsibility. So one interesting example that I saw was in the in the retail business in the Netherlands, where um, uh, one um, one retail organization decided to shorten their payment terms for smaller suppliers. Um, so shorter than, let's say, what was legally required uh, because they said these people uh, are vital to our operations, but we also feel that we, they need help with their cash flow and we need to keep them afloat during these critical times. We're doing it together. And then as a contrast, you see other retail organizations that say, well, we manage our own cash flow, so we're going to extend the payment terms for and the payment periods for our suppliers. So you just have to wait for your money a little bit longer. Um, those are decisions that will drive how you know how you will be held accountable and what the judgment will be. Yeah, and um, I think I think what, I mean it's a fair point because what, what you see on the news every every night right now are wonderful examples actually of people in society, just just citizens. Coming together, helping each other, helping you know, getting groceries for for elderly people, for example, volunteering their services to help the medical profession right now. And you do have stories like the one you just shared, Frederick, of companies doing that. And we're living in this 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 time which you know will have a big impact, I think, on how society will be defined and how companies' reputation will be as well. I think you talk about. In my experience, I think competence is really important. And I think the, this is a major test of governments right now. You know, are they following the right advice? Are they doing the right things? Who knows? It's so difficult. But for companies as well, it's not just competence. I think what you're saying is behavior. When you mention behavior, I think it's, it's how they behave. Are they, what, what interests are they, they following in doing that? I think that's, in, in my experience, so important. I've seen, you know, the good, bad and the ugly on how companies deal with cyber data breaches, for example, some that, you know, will not be transparent with their stakeholders at all, try to deny there's been a, an incident, try to cover it up even in some, some cases, and others who, who have been fully transparent from the start and, you know, have emerged with a reputation not only intact, but, but stronger because of it. So interesting lessons here and there. I think also reputation, is it possible you think, this is a million dollar question for you, is it possible in a crisis that, that you can emerge you know, in a stronger state, are there even opportunities in 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 a, in a crisis? Do you think for for growth? I I'm I'm a hopeful person, um, but I'm not I'm not just hoping for it. I'm I'm convinced you will see um, players coming out stronger. We've seen that in the past. There's some very good examples of that um, of companies that have really but driven by their motives so not their own self-interest not primarily their self-interest but by a, a broader motive which actually fed into their self-interest because they came out stronger i think an interesting example very well known within the crisis community is the johnson and johnson tylenol 
incident where the Tylenol bottles were um, were um, how do you say con- um, uh, contaminated, and there was a huge safety issue, and they took them all off the market, and they designed a bottle, let's say, closing system that was was um, impossible to um, to breach. Um, without actually opening and using it, using something from the, you know the pills from from the Tylenol, um, that put them back on the map. Not immediately, but certainly very quickly, and it supported and boosted their reputation for years and years to come. So I believe that if you have a a sound and good motive, you make decisions that are not all about your own interest, your self-interest, but also take into consideration the interests of a broader commun- community and, and other key stakeholder groups. That That is fundamental to coming out stronger. And I'm convinced of, of many of the examples that we see now that there are going to be a few winners. Yeah. Well, that's very optimistic, you know, and, and it's a great um, note to end on. Um, you know, podcasts are quick snapshots, so... We have to keep the time down, Frederic. But it's a fascinating topic, isn't it? I mean, especially during this kind of a live, a lab test environment that we're all living through now due to Corona. Um, thanks very much, Frederic, for your insights today. You're welcome. Theme of this podcast series, as you've heard, is responsible business. And that's about doing business responsibly in line with accepted norms and standards, as we've been hearing today with the examples in my discussion with Frederic. But it's also about taking responsibility for what you've done, good and bad, for whatever that might hold for your long-term reputation. And more than ever right now, the ability of companies to meet these standards is being tested to the core and played out in front of our eyes um, as part of this corona crisis. And some may not pass the test, maybe, of resilience crisis management, as we've been discussing today. Others will, though, and will perhaps find the opportunity to emerge with their strength renewed and their reputation enhanced. Thanks for listening to our first episode of our journey towards responsible business. I hope you enjoyed it and that you'll tune in for our next episode. Don't forget to review us on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app, or whatever popular podcast app you're listening to right now. And of course, find out more information on Deloitte.nl. I'll see you in our next episode.